So, first off, Remy says hi. <laughs> Hello, Remy. <laughs> I turned my gain down a little because last week my heater caused... Okay, don't rub your butt on the mic. Oh, my God. Butt time. <laughs> that's what he thinks of this show. He's like, that's the quality of content they're used to. Yeah. Communism, oh, my ass. What a hater. What do you think Remy's political alignment is? We'll start this off strong. Yeah, that's how you know we're on a shoot in the shit. We're talking about cats not even like five seconds in or whatever, you know. Um, I mean, I call him a prince is the thing. Like, that's Ooh. his nickname. So he might. I don't think he's a monarchist, though. I think he's a ceremonial prince. You think he's like the red prince sort of thing? Like that Ooh. sort of motif of there's this sort of quasi-revolutionary royal family mm. member? He's he's kind of a, a royal dilettante, but mm, okay, he, okay. he like plays at revolutionary, you know. I'm down for that. I mean, he's he's kind of a fancy boy. I mean, he's named after like a French chef. He loves butter and cheese, so. I mean, shit, I'm talking shit about him for playing at revolutionary like I'm <laughs> at the barricades. <laughs> yeah, you're like hanging up your beret and your bayonet like as we speak. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're polishing it off for <laughs> the guts of tomorrow's capitalists. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm fresh off of executing however many <laughs> good trillions of people in Stalin's name. Oh, yeah, we just finished up a purge. It was great. <laughs> you know, new year, new purge. <laughs> you, got, you got to set goals. And my goal yeah. is to do the biggest purge. The biggest purge. <laughs> a children's book. Like, that's what they would oh, yeah, yeah. give. You know, Super that sounds cute. like... Well, the John Birch Society would tell people in the 50s, it's like, this is a Soviet children's book. It's called The Biggest Purge. Oh, yeah. Adorably illustrated in a very limited white, black, and red color palette. Mm. It would probably be cute. It would be really cute, and I'd be into it. Anyway, <laughs> the fuck were we talking about? Cat Welcome. political alignments, and then Cat something legitimate before that. Oh, well, I was trying to talk, and then Remy interrupted me. Okay. So, I had... One of those meetings, me Ooh. being in the corporate world, that just made me kind of scratch my head a little because, you know, I've, I've got one of these bosses that tries to be a fun boss. I'm not like other bosses. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he does a lot of jokes and stuff, and you're just like, okay, we get it. Like, cool. As someone who tries to be a fairly funny teacher i kind of get what he's going for here like there is a class opposition in the way our public schools are set up at least to where Mm -hmm. teachers are sort of in opposition to students in terms of power and stuff so i I get it (laughs) i get it you do have to try to use humor to deflect your powerful right (laughs) authority uh but no so he like does a custom background for every PowerPoint on this monthly department meeting, right? And it's usually like a moving thing, like a video. Like, so for the holidays, it was like, you know, some clip from a holiday movie. I don't even remember what it was because that's how closely I was paying attention. Um, the background of all of your just PowerPoint the title, slides? Just the title slide. Just the title slide. This is oh. not chaos. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's still a design department um, meeting. Come on. We're not animals. Yeah. How does this work? Okay. All right. That makes a lot more sense. Okay. So it's just for the title, right? This month, it is January, and I guess he sat down and was like, what are the holidays in January? And so my guy has a, like, basically a gif of Martin Luther King Jr. in the background of his PowerPoint slide. And I'm just like, 
what are we doing here? <laughs> like, what is what is the gif? Is it? It's just him talking. Like okay. it's like from one of his speeches. He's just yeah. like, just it's a black and white gif. And my guy was a labor agitator. What are you doing here in Corpo Land? <laughs> Set right? yourself free. Like, come on. Yeah, he didn't get fucking domed in Memphis to. <laughs> To for be this to the happen background to of a department PowerPoint slide, right? <laughs> yeah, it was just it was just weird, and Mamie had one of those real like "what the fuck is going on here" moments. It will not be judged by the color of her skin, but by the productivity he, his <laughs> image, but by the KPIs <laughs> of your product, the deliverables. <laughs> That his image bestows on him. Oh, the metrics will speak for us. Yeah, it was weird. Anyway, that's my little slice of corporate hell. How are you? I'm in. I'm hanging in there. Doing oh, I right. like beer again. Whoa. But only Dos Equis. <laughs> All right. I feel like that's a pretty broad gateway into getting into pretty much whatever beer you want. Is it? I mean... It's it's like kind of on the lighter end of the spectrum, but that obviously opens you to any light beer. Yeah, yeah. It, you know, sort of gets you in kind of the Mexican beer vein, but it's not, you know, super... Mm. It's not very flavorful. Yeah, it's it's not like pungent in any way. I feel like it's a good jumping off point. I like it, and I don't know. I don't feel a need to explore further just because I've spent... You know, I spent a long time pretending to like beers so I could hang out with older people. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I stopped doing that once I was like, I don't care about impressing these middle-aged men anymore. So (laughs) (laughs) I stopped and drank whatever the fuck I want. But yeah, I just got a real craving for it. I think it's because I had some like lime topos and I was like, you know, it sounds really good. It's fucking Dos Equis. Yeah. You got to put the lime in there to make it complete, you know. I should have gotten limes at the store today or sent Kyle for it. I'm not going to the store. (laughs) (laughs) I'm above that. Of course Mm. I have servants for that. No, it's Kyle. (laughs) What we got today? I I think I'm the only one with the list here. Oh, yeah. I don't have... I don't have anything. I mean... Okay, that's fine. The world continues in its... (laughs) terrible it is atrocities what would you call it you could call it a trajectory you could call it a rut you could call it something i mean it's like we didn't even most of the times when not just your country but like the globe is sort of slumming it through just a rut of depravity usually it jumps a curb temporarily at the new year mark and does something Mm -hmm. for a little while and then slops back in i don't know i don't think we had this sort of a moment like we're shooting it straight to the dome <laughs> it's just yeah it's it's pure it's uncut it's you know in scarface when he's got his head just face down in the pile of blow like that's that's just us <laughs> in the in the suffering of uncut suffering 2023 is just rolling right on into 2024 and saying hey bitch here you go this is no gaps <laughs> well hey let's start with an audio visual thing then okay it seems like, based on this video, a lot of people need distraction from the horrors. And if you are a person of a certain age on the internet, you've probably seen the Stanley Cup craze. I mean, yeah, Stanley Cups, they're all over the place. Right. I've seen that for sure. Not the hockey one. <laughs> Everyone's fucking toting a <laughs> life-sized 
cup into their you know what meetings. if it's like collapsible <laughs> a couple That's layers it. like a, one of those dog bowls that you take outside <laughs> yeah, but you just unfold it it's For a stanley fucking cup it's just like a bird bath but yeah uh, i've seen these stanley like souped up yetis kind of yeah so it's a fucking tumbler and i have sent you a video from twitter user at milk tea latte but the latte is spelled l-a-t-t-a-e that's fun and we're gonna watch this video and i just want you to kind of tell me what's going on here all right so you have a little insulator thing on the bottom because you you know got to keep your cup from the surfaces you can put a little straw cap on it it's a cute little bear i like put a chip and dip i think on this (laughs) where you attach it to the top and theoretically oh you put pretzels it's a snack tray my god in heaven what is wrong with this? Why do we have this? And then on top of this, you put a... It's like an ankle brace. Thermos jacket. Yeah, yeah. Oh, an ankle brace repurposed as a thermal jacket for your presumably, pause, your presumably thermal fucking thing. Yes. I've never been burned nor frozen by my Yeti stainless steel bitch ass thing. This thing probably, I think, looks like it has a textured outside of some sort. Mm -hmm. It looks like silicon on the outside. That's supposed to protect you from whatever hot or cold may be inside. I don't think you've gotten to, have you gotten to second 37 yet? I'm paused at second 37 because I was remarking on the stupid Mm. ankle brace sleeve and homegirl is holding up a sling strap (laughs) on top. She has created a Stanley purse. This is, I mean, guys, I feel like, <laughs> take an undue amount of shit for trying to carry things. And mm. granted, we do have the, uh, you know, male-coded people have the advantage of big-ass pockets. That's true. Sure. But, you know, sometimes we're just trying to carry shit, and it's like, oh, you're carrying a man purse, or you're <laughs> carrying whatever. And it's like, okay. But, or you go too you go too far the other way. You're clearly struggling with the load, and it's like, why don't you put that in a bag, dummy? Right. Like you forget that bags exist. Sometimes. You're juggling everything. <laughs> I can't. I have to hold it. No. Uh, or like, yeah, you have a briefcase, but you're like hauling it with both hands, and it's like way out here, and you're like, why? just I gotta carry it. Just a, yeah. this is a reverse problem of why have I put straps on my cup? <laughs> why did I turn my cup into a bag? <laughs> what was what was the uh, cause here? What? necessitated this and then she then poses with the cup in question and says here it's like a fashion it's a fashion accessory here's my baby aiden (laughs) it's a cup oh it keeps going man look we got another another pouch attachment whoa shit okay what does it do why is it oh you strap it to your cup you strap a pouch in it so you can put your phone your airpods your whatever your wallet your life your passport a charm. a charm that's just stupid i mean it's just okay one of those straw caps was a tiny stanley cup that's pretty funny it's like the last couple of seconds i don't like it okay so i don't either obviously my um, favorite part was the what could be purposed as a chip and dip the chip and dip is insane <laughs> like what is the scenario like i guess you're at home and you're like because you can't take that anywhere like no. there's no cover so you have to be at home <laughs> and you don't have tables like Dude. what is all right, what if your boss called you into a, you know, nine o'clock meeting? We need to we need to have a talk. Right. And you're like, fuck, I'm gonna get fired. And then like you Keep roll in. <laughs> they're applying the chip and dip to the top of their Stanley thing and like unrolling a bag of Tostitos and they oh start. My God. 
like, they <laughs> remove the strap from there. And they're like, <laughs> yeah, dude, you're fine. <laughs> then they we proceed to the fire budget. your ass. <laughs> okay. So this thing's crazy, right? But this culture has started a very fascinating conversation about women and feminism and consumerism that hmm. I was not expecting. Okay, give it to me. I want to be intersectionalized. All right. According to the disc horse, the CD pony, if you will. <laughs> Have you seen when people do the emoji version of it? I love it. No, I've never seen that. All right, so people will use that. We'll use the CD emoji and then a horse emoji. I get my, my interactions with the discourse is <laughs> third hand. Any podcast that I listen to ironically mention the discourse and that's it like, mm-hmm. that's how i mean good on you man that's how like dirtbag left i am i guess because no that's how it should be <laughs> there should be several filtration layers between you and the internet like you don't want to raw dog that that's that's toxic I, I do come at it from two directions though because i come at it from that perspective and then i come at it from like uh, the other third hand way i get it is from like bougie ass new york times people mm, like reporters wow, is... figuring out the discourse and stuff and saying oh you get it by the time slate writes a culture article about it <laughs> yeah <it's laughs> which is like about a month too late from what i can tell <laughs> okay so i mean i'm probably late i i know i'm late because i'm not really on tiktok so tumblr madness right we got stanley cups there's all these videos going around about all the crazy accessories there's videos of like it looks like Black Friday videos of like people fucking swarming the shelves to get them. It's crazy. Yeah. Take one is this is gross consumerism, right? And it's like, what the fuck, right? It's conspicuous. Yeah, it is. It is absolutely conspicuous. It's like they there's a lot of videos. A lot of people are like kind of collectors of these things. And people are like, hey, dummies, the point of a reusable cup is to reuse it, not to buy a hundred of them. <laughs> Like, I think you kind of, you you lost the plot here a little. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the point of a lot of things are different and you collect them. Like, the point of Pokemon cards is to battle people with them. I mean, yeah, I guess. I like looking at the pictures, but whatever. Well, I mean, and the company likes selling them to you. <laughs> Everyone has a different mission. <laughs> no, no, totally, totally, totally. But that was, so that's one thing is that like they're seen as a status symbol they're seen as this like con like conspicuous consumerism all that stuff and so on on one side you have these people saying hey this is bad this is overuse this is environmentally bad blah 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 blah. then here come the white feminist girlies hell yeah <laughs> and they're the ones oh. yeah sister let's go yeah i'm gonna get some fucking heat Whatever, I don't care. I'm coming for them. <laughs> these, these, I'm assuming mostly women. I don't know. I haven't checked out everybody on this side of the things, but they're just like. You ain't done the pants patrol, made sure everybody had the right parts and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I did, I did not do a full genital inspection. Bummer. <laughs> these people on the other side of it were saying, well, why can't women, you know, why is everything that women like der- derided, you know, of mm-hmm. like at least we're not into guns like men and (laughs) just like just trying to trying to paste on feminism onto buying shit i guess like it's cool to like like, yeah i agree it's cool to like girly things my favorite color is fucking pink but like at the same time i'm not going to like spend all my money on this like really pointless series of products just so i can like look fancy for tiktok well for sure like conspicuous in that in that angle and what is the overlap i was thinking about this of like you know 
oh, sure, you know, no one criticizes men. I wasn't thinking in terms of guns, but that's a good, you know, avenue of it. But like having, you know, fancy cars and big trucks and stuff, you know, stupid stuff like that. That's dumb. Also, where's the overlap of people who are like, (laughs) I'm a big ass, you know, gun collector. I'm a, you know, I'm huge into (laughs) luxury sports cars. And... These stupid women buying Stanley Cups, they are the problem. Like, there's no, no one's doing that. No one's saying conspicuous consumption here with but the Stanley Cups, but not <laughs> with, uh, yeah, with fucking Carhartt jackets or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, it is a really weird thing. Like, every now and then you'll get some, some particular brand of feminists come out of the woodwork and just say some really stupid shit like this of like, you know, I think that Twilight is actually good because it's not cool to make fun of things that teenage girls like. And I'm like, yeah, we shouldn't make fun of teenage girls, but I'm allowed to not like a book, (laughs) you know? And like, I'm also allowed to have a lot of problems with the way that author treated indigenous cultures and the fact that it's a thinly veiled metaphor for Mormonism. It's super horny Mormonism, basically. I was going to say the the feminism (laughs) part wears thin really quickly as far as that book concerns. It's like, Make your identity without a guy. Like I only read the first one, but I read I think the first one, and it was mostly so I could have something to talk about with the bitchy girls in my class. And I was like, oh, maybe maybe this will keep him happy. Similar, it was. <laughs> <laughs> There's this weird thing where you're not allowed to critique things that, like, honestly, I'm gonna say it, basic white bitches like, <laughs> because <laughs> they get really defensive of it and call you sexist for not liking it. The Swifties have gone insane. What are, what are the Swifties doing now? So I, uh, my, I I'm going to tell you about my favorite conspiracy theory on the internet. Are you ready? Right. The only well, the only thing I wanted to add beforehand is that my knowledge there to this point is, and it's perhaps maybe pseudo knowledge or sort of you know just what I have found on TikTok or something is like, haha, you're dumb for thinking that Travis Kelsey was any any sort of meaningful <laughs> of a of a like anyone knew who he was before Taylor Swift. That's insane. And be like any sort of criticism of Taylor Swift now is just basically you hate. You hate women. Yeah. You hate women slash like <laughs> music. I don't like you're just uncultured. You're like you're, you're a fun ruiner. Yeah. Yeah. And here's the thing. I am all for like let people like things. But that doesn't mean I don't get to not like things. Like I think both rights are important. <laughs> no. So as a I would consider myself essentially a mostly reformed i guess indie kid is what i would say mm-hmm. pr- like pre-hipster yeah, hipster too. sort of thing like we weren't like being assholes you know it, there was an element of like there's some snobbery about it yeah, well, yeah. fine. we were little, teenagers yeah, that's little, like when you're supposed to do that <laughs> yeah <laughs> and so I, i'm mostly reformed of that and that i feel like i'm anti-snob now mm-hmm. broadly like a broad swath of things not just music but everything i'm like i mean like what you like like what you like but i think people because our culture is so obsessed with what you like becoming your fucking identity that when you don't like something or playfully rib at something it becomes a fucking federal case there's too much meaning ascribed to things that you like and everything everyone's shunted in the stupid arena of you like this therefore x you like this therefore y because we're because we're consumers. Fucking, well, but it's because we're castrated into being consumers as mm-hmm. anything that we can possibly do in our society. Everyone yeah, that's tells your us, only method. Yeah, that's your outlet. That's that's what you can do 
to influence anything. I mean, it's so bad that people think, oh, one way I can possibly affect the world positively is to vote with my dollar. Is like, Ugh. this is the only way I can affect changes in my habits as a consumer. Like, that's what we've been whittled down to as a Truly. society and the imperial core is you're just people who buy things. You rent out most of your time for the privilege of being able to express yourself through the pittance we pay you in exchange. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And I think this example is is a great oh, yeah. example. Like <laughs> the, Swifties, the, the, yeah. the Swifties, I think, is a great example because I think it is quasi-religious at this point. Ooh. All right, we're going to the Church of Taylor? I mean, okay, here's the thing. I want to tell you a term. It's out there. It's around. It's called Gaylers. Have you heard of this? Nope. No, zero. No, I have not. Okay. This is a group of Taylor Swift wait, fans. Should I guess? Go for it. Gaylers. How's it spelled? G-A-Y-L-O-R-S. <laughs> I just was thinking, like, spelling bee rules on the country board and, like, you know, use it as... <laughs> Can you use it as sentence? Yeah. Uh, okay, Gaylers. So it's gay... Taylor Swift. Oh, but okay. So these are people who think that Taylor Swift is gay. That is correct. <laughs> what? I know. Every time, like, I love telling people about this who haven't heard of it. I told about. I told Kyle, and he was like, "I'm sorry. What the fuck did you just say?" Like she he was. Can't. Okay, but she, but but homegirl cannot hold down a guy though. That's like her whole. Okay, I I mean, here's the thing. So let me start with their theory. Their theory <laughs> is she is gay, or in the queer community somehow. Okay. And they do this, the way they've come to this conclusion is by completely overanalyzing all of her music videos, costumes on stage, lyrics, and trying to apply like a sapphic lens to it. So they're and, doing Illuminati stuff, but for she's gay? Yeah, I'm talking like, well, she wore this orange and pink sweater. That's the yeah. lesbian flag, whatever. And I'm like, sometimes orange and pink looks good together, but okay. Isn't that what people do with like Beyonce and like saying, oh, she's doing secret Illuminati symbols and stuff in her perform? Uh, okay, so I also barely know anything about that, but that's what I picked up, I guess. <laughs> I don't know about the Illuminati angle, but I know with Beyonce, I think a lot of times people are trying to search for activism where it's not really there because, hey, she's like a capitalist. <laughs> <laughs> she can't afford to piss people off. Same thing with Taylor, by the way. Like, Homegirl released her fucking movie in Israel and, like, mm. people were like, she could just not. <laughs> no, yeah. But... She can't. She, she's going to do it. Anyway, so they are, like, these weird obsessives and like this is not only gay fans this is like straight fans too and they get really weird about it and they get really like well we shouldn't voice her out of the closet so like it's cool if she doesn't want to come out and so like she's she's under no obligation to do that and i'm like this woman is so fucking powerful like she could probably get away with murder i think it's cool if she comes out as gay what, like, yeah, I don't what think if she <laughs> read the you know conspiracy <laughs> boards and said and said shit this is out there i'm under obligation now that you know, Taylor Swift fan X nine six four said <laughs> that I'm gay. She saw the lesbian pride sweater. Oh no! <laughs> now I have to make a public statement <sighs> because this dipshit on the internet. Said I'm telling because people people are constantly like, there's these joke kind of tweets of like, man, if she just would say something about X Y Z, like her fans would descend on it and it would be done. I'm like, that's insane. Like, okay, so there's that, right? Yeah. There's. Partially true, probably. I mean, yes, I I see it. I mean, despite the mountains of evidence of like, yeah, her entire first part of her career was like about dating people and 
seems like most men people. But <laughs> and she wasn't can, good at it. She was very or bad. At it. Maybe she's just <laughs> she doesn't pick them well. I'm not going to judge, but I don't know. I don't know her history. I'm saying it takes two to tango, and one side <laughs> keeps ending up on the dropped end of a dance. So, ooh. I mean, and here's like, yeah, she could be like, she she just hasn't met the right lady yet, and she's secretly attracted <laughs> to ladies or whatever. Yeah. But like, mm. I don't fucking care. First of all, like, fucking whatever. But I do think it's insane to run a weird like conspiracy theory side of the internet where you're like, definitely this is true. <laughs> the mods of that stand a good chance. Uh, okay, so like, our world is pretty stupid. So both of these <laughs> outcomes are pretty good. Like, par for course of our world. One is that it is just deranged, but just people with nothing better to do just doing this. That's fine. You know, a funnier, a marginally funnier outcome. <laughs> I think that one's funny because it's like pointless. It's a Coen's brother movie sort of outcome. But like the other one that's funnier in a way is that it's like Taylor Swift PR people just fueling it for <laughs> clicks. It, And that's the thing is like <laughs> the other side of this, like you'll have critiques of this like Gaylor movement of like, Okay, you guys know she's just like trying to get your money. Like, if she thinks she can get more queer dollars, like by putting a flag and something, like she's gonna fucking do it. Like, <laughs> you know, like you guys are really just adding fuel to this like capitalist fire here. Yeah, and it's the solution there if you find yourself just an an innocent Swifty caught in the crossfires. They're Swifties, right? This is the normal. Yeah, yeah, they're Swifties. All right. You know, you're caught in the crossfire. This is an artist that you appreciate their work, but you're not like a crazy, I don't know. You're not like obsessed or maybe you're on the verge, <laughs> but you're not like, you don't really want to give yourself over. You know, you're a good communist. You don't want to idolize somebody like, you got to draw the line and say, look, I'm going to appreciate things. I'm going to like things like I like my steak cooked a certain way. Or I don't like steak because I'm a vegan. You know, however you you have your personal preferences and stuff, and you can kind of act out your own, you know, personal politics in a way. In that, but like getting wrapped up in somebody's backstory, like sorry, don't go to war over somebody's like particular take on like a Star Wars character's backstory, like <laughs> of, or, or the lore in the extended universe or something, mm-hmm. or like. You know, a Pokemon sort of depiction in one particular fanfic. Like, don't get obscure. Don't get... And that's what you're getting. You're getting obscure when you talk about fucking celebrity dating life. It is It is such a weird co-opting of, like, head canoning, but for real people. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, it's gotten really... Like, there was this show that came out a few years ago, Heartstopper, which that has a whole other set of discourse around it that I'm not going to get into. But one of the big things that happened with the TV show is they cast this character and the character is bisexual. And then like people basically pressured this dude to come out. He's like, yeah, I'm also bisexual. Like, please leave me alone. (laughs) Like that's shitty. Like what the fuck? Why do we care? Like I understand. Yeah. I guess ideally sure. Cast a bisexual actor, but like, I mean, straight people play gay all the time. Like, I don't know. Like they pressured the actor into saying that the actor was also bisexual. Yeah. They basically bullied him into coming out. Why? I don't fucking know. <laughs> I don't know. And this was a few years ago, so I don't have all the details in front of me, but it's just people are really entitled because of their consumption to now like get exactly what they want out of it, out of celebrity and say like, no, you have to re- represent all of me now. Yeah. <laughs> it's really weird. And that 
uh, we, were, we were talking kind of about the helplessness angle of that, right? That's all mm-hmm. you're allowed to do. But I think that, that that your anger being channeled into those avenues, not only is it like, oh, that's all you're allowed to do, so you do it, but it's all it to diffuse it in such a way serves capital. Yes, yes. At the end of the day, you are fueling their machinations whether it is a new tv show people are talking about it that's good whether it's an album from taylor swift people are talking about that's good whatever and and that is like part of the reason like these marketing teams do this kind of shit (laughs) oh yeah for the material output definitely i mean like you're you're completely right i would argue that the that it's a bigger benefit to them not just your material you know pouring out your hard-earned cash and stuff to to them to buy shit but that you're pouring okay okay. your revolutionary russia what this energy would go into is a book club (laughs) is is like we're gonna go and be fucking secret bandits we're gonna fucking knock off a government a bank convoy and steal that fucking money and use it to do a revolution against the government that's what we used to do but they would have been going uh, you know, to, arguing to get on their Stanley mugs. Yeah, they've been arguing <laughs> in underground, you know, telegram chains <laughs> about whether you know whether one of the Anastavis Lestina was was actually you know gay or whatever, like queer icon. Yeah, Nicholas. And they the would second. be <laughs> they would be feeling like they were doing something, feeling this sort of output of like uh, accomplishment of like fighting the good fight we i at least frequently reference this on the show you know when maria comes back from the strike line and salt of the mm, earth and she's yeah. joyous and this joy of a fight well fought on behalf of the workers and everything you, you come back with this like i did something and if they can challenge channel that into anything else that's like stupid and useless but still gets you thinking you did something that's great for the power structure that's yeah. fucking sure that's what i think is is I don't think it's anyone twirling a mustache, but like they're happy to watch people. God damn, they're gonna be real happy come twenty twenty four. Here we are in a fucking election year. <laughs> they're going to be creaming their pants because we're all mm-hmm. gonna be fucking. You know, everyone's gonna be yelling about oh Biden this or Trump that, and mm-hmm. we're gonna be feeling like we fought the good fight because of some stupid we news at somebody story on yeah. the internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's it is just really bizarre. And with with the Taylor thing, it's like, you know, there's like gay artists out there who are like out, <laughs> you know, like what the fuck? Like, why are you looking for that here? It doesn't have to be here. I wanted to return to the Stanley Cup thing. Who do you think is going to win this year? <laughs> the Penguins, because I like their logo the best. Uh, hey, sorry. Mm, I know Abby you're says a I have house. to say, fuck the pens. No. If they're mentioned. Their mascot is a big buff penguin. What's not to like? He's funny. I want a sweatshirt of him, and I'm going to wear it just to piss off your wife. Okay. Well, she's going to tell you fuck the pens when you show up in that. <laughs> That's fine. It's going to be cute. It's a big fucking penguin. He is Anyway, cute. he's adorable. He's on a mission. He's just he like, so determined. He's like, here I come. <laughs> what to fuck you up. He's great. Anyway, back to the tumblers. If you recall, we really got off there for like 30 minutes but it's fine thank you for your service <laughs> that's what we're here for just killing time <laughs> we're your little distraction in in all the chaos so origin point of crazy consumerism response why can't women have hobbies 
<laughs> oh, shit. Okay, yeah. Let's right? bring it back. Right? And then you have someone else come up. Some A new new person has entered the chat. <laughs> and they, they say, I just found out that women are, they are 80% of consumer dollars are spent by women. She then proceeds to, like, take a swing at herself <laughs> by saying, like, well, I know I spend a lot of money in, like, maintaining my womanhood through, like, makeup and skincare and products and stuff like that. And she was, like, kind of, like, self-flagellating about that shit. Everyone, like, everyone just dunked on her, like, hey, guess who does most of the shopping in most households still? <laughs> like, women aren't just, like, buying everything. Like, it, it was just, it was not a great look. <laughs> so what was the, what was that second layer of criticism was women do... Women do like 80% of, they make 80% of consumer purchases. So this girl was trying to say like women buy too much things. And she was including herself in this of like makeup and all this stuff. You guys are saying, oh, don't criticize women for buying things. But we do have a buying problem. Yeah. She's like, women buy too much shit. And everyone's like, women run the house. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's a, a pattern, unfortunately. I don't know. I'm lazy, I guess. So I fell back on kind of, you know, personal history, I guess, here. What we're comfortable with. Of, uh, I don't know. Father <laughs> in the house left everything to, to Ma to do, you know? Yeah. And yeah. so I'm like, if it's real money stuff, if it's not just like buying something <laughs> that I already knew we needed or something like that, that's kind of you, you know? <laughs> and that's bad. Or, you know, I don't know. Everybody can negotiate it in their way. I feel like I'm sort of shirking that. I mean, I think for me, it's like the mental labor of it that matters more of mm-hmm. like, God damn it. I'm the only one that notices if we're out of toilet paper or something like that's not the case in my house. But like, if that were the case, I'd be annoyed, you know, of like, yeah. uh, I am in charge of like, like, for example, like I, I am the person who uses the Amazon account. So when Kyle wants something, he sends me the link, but he he does all that front work of research and saying, this is the thing that I want. We need this. Can you yeah. buy this? And it's just because, like, I have it set up on my phone faster. You're seeing, I can't believe that as a non-male person, you are <laughs> spending so much. Like, what the fuck? I know. It's my <laughs> fault. I am capitalist. Like, I'm the problem. I'm, I'm capitalism right here. Ugh. But, yeah, like, it was just such a weird way to approach that of, like, women buy too much stuff because of makeup (laughs) which like i agree and like i like makeup and i've been getting into it a little more over the past year uh now that i view being a woman more as cosplay that i get to dip into (laughs) as opposed to an obligation that i have to perform it's fun but when you get into the makeup world i like i watch a lot of makeup videos now and it is all super consumery just like here's this new palette here's this new brush here's this new shit like you're never done and i'm just like man i just want like an eyeliner that works or you know like i don't need like that's one industry you know come come me and time i'm really curious how that's going to evolve because it is so brand focused like people go hard about Mm -hmm. which brands are best at this and this and this yeah well okay i didn't even know there was that sort of an angle i guess that makes sense though most hobbies i feel like break down in this sort of way though there's incredible amounts that you can spend on hobbies as obscure as knives like pocket oh. knives <laughs> it's funny you say that kyle just bought a knife sharpener so yeah. 
<laughs> it's well, a Japanese one, so it knives. goes at the right angle. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, so does he have, like, two different, like, stones or whatever? Is it, like, a two-sided stone? Or I, I think so. I haven't gotten it yet. Okay. I know he just he placed the order the other day. So it's, it's for our Japanese set, though. So. I've done some research on uh-huh. that sort of stuff because <laughs> I'm sort of... I dabble in guy. the knife community on like the subreddit or whatever. There's that. There's flashlights. Like people get, see, <laughs> you know, you can spend a ton of money having an impressive flash. Anything. Really anything. Like things you think would be cheap. Like, oh, I'm going to start running. That's free. It's like, no, you can really get into it. Yeah. You want to get into it that way. Oh, get your shoes. Get your mm-hmm. shorts. Get like everything correct. and everything. You know? Yeah. So I, I think, yeah, to, to get to kind of our bread and butter of that. You were speculating, what does that look like? Like, when we move past that to varying degrees, I mean, if we decommodify this within capitalism and just make it a public good, and then if we move past that into, well, everybody's got the means of production now, and, you know, what what is then in, in a socialist society, what does that look like? And, and post-scarcity society. It's interesting because you can imagine a scenario where you've still got, you've got full central planning, okay? We are... In Chilean cyber sin society. Hell yeah. I call the cool chair. Yeah. We're on the deck of the enterprise, <laughs> but this is like the White House. And hell yeah. We're all wearing scants. We're running everything <laughs> from there. Yeah. Everybody's in a fucking skirt. I love it. You could still picture that of like, okay, what is the non binary equivalent of Sir and Ma'am? We ain't got one. No. Come on, no. y'all, supposed, y'all put your heads together and figure something out. Comrade, there we go. That's there, our comrade, comrade is great. Obviously. There we go. Old tried and true. You know, <laughs> your equivalent of Josh or Toby come in and say, comrade, <laughs> here, look, we've, we've, we've got our two teams working, okay? okay. Um, they're, they're trying to come up with the best eyeshadow for the mm. people. You know, and, and they they got two rival theories and one thinks that this is going to be longer lasting. The other thinks this adds more shine and we're going to, and you, you know, you have to, you basically have to say like, you know, let them cook, like let, let them, mm-hmm. let them both come out and see what people like better. And then, you know, maybe it doesn't even come out of an absolute choice. It just, it's, it's like, yeah, it's we're going to produce 30% as much of this and it, it, it can still work out is what I'm saying of like, it's not. It's not everyone's wearing the same, you know, fucking jumpsuit. <laughs> right, yeah. There's this caricature of communism as this, like, well, obviously barracks, which we argue about all the time of, like, that's stupid. Yeah. Gruel, jumpsuit, everything is literally the same. A, com- a command economy, I think, still ends up with these, with enough differences and enough, like, variety to where it's not a choice between the one possible you know, bowl of gruel versus 95 (laughs) brands of cereal. That's not, you don't have to do one or the other. You can have like a selection, like some, (laughs) a selection of good things too. Yes. You know, things that, uh, that, that like are required to be beneficial to people to be brought to the market, you know? Yeah. Cause I mean, we have all been there where we make a purchase thinking, Oh, this is the one man. This is going to be changed my fucking game. Like, this fucking eyebrow pomade, this is it, brows are gonna be on point, or whatever it is, and you buy it, and you're like, this fucking sucks. And like, in in this world, that thing that fucking sucks won't be allowed to come to market, because like, hey, this thing didn't do this the thing you said it would do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But if someone else really, really likes it, like, they can probably still go there. I don't know. It's just, you'll still have choices, but it'll be different. And I think with clothing, that's another great example, because that can also get very brand-specific and and 
it can be very like volatile. Like I'm fucking over here heartbroken. My favorite bra's never coming back in stock. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm going to do about it. <laughs> That's us. And it's fine. It's just, they were cheap and comfy. Um, <laughs> but maybe it's, it's a lot more custom and it's a lot more like, because I mean, we had, you know, fast fashion's a whole other topic, but yeah, one big issue in fashion is that we are creating for just certain kinds of bodies in a way that like nothing really fits right like the way we got our original like sizing of small medium large was like the army (laughs) because we're like okay not everyone can have like their own homemade shit anymore so like we're just gonna take like the average build of a man and kind of scale them up and down because yeah i mean (laughs) seriously standardized clothing sizes are pretty new i mean yeah when they were mobilizing people for the Civil War is really the Americans' first ex- experience in this. They, I mean, hell, the South was just show up in some clothes. Show please. up in clothes. We're going to be gray because that's what happens if you take all the clothing colors and mix it together. <laughs> and it makes the the kind of, I mean, the politically, I think, bad um, Civil War movies and stuff. But like war movie criteria, exciting, I guess. Civil War films like Gettysburg and Gods and Generals and stuff like that. It makes them confusing to fucking watch because like everybody <laughs> is both blue clothes. and gray. And you're like, <laughs> fucking who is this? Who? Like, I need jerseys here. Yeah. And they're, no one's consistent because <laughs> it is pretty historically consistent in that regard. Interesting. And the yeah. politics of it terrible. But And I recall, I think you were the one who told me this. I thought that it was... Uh, some sort of jeans model thing or something. They got like some little tiny girl to be like the jeans model for a particular size. And then all the other sizes were just scales of the same size, but like bigger or like bigger and taller and short. Like it was all (laughs) just tied there. Yeah. So I don't know about jeans specifically, but I know in general, the way women's clothing, I mean, this is a big generalization because women's clothing is confusing as hell. It's just, Dude, I was folding laundry today and I'm like, I was folding up Kyle's pants and I was like, dude, how nice would it be to have a waist and leg measurement for women's clothing? We don't get that. We just get a number and just fucking, if you're fat too, you better be tall. Yeah. (laughs) Because otherwise you're going to have to learn how to hem your clothes. Dudes can be fucking 48, 30. I mean like. Yeah, you can be (laughs) wider than you are tall. Yeah. It's not a problem. I think that that was employed as an unflattering description of. Dudley Dursley and Harry <laughs> Potter at some point. I was like, damn, that's homeboy got big. Yeah, you know, a little bit of fat shaming to go on with her the rest of her repertoire. But Oh god, yeah. Well they did that with uh Emperor's New Groove, Kronk too. He was like, I'm like a forty five chest and a thirty five waist because you know he's built like, yeah, so yeah, yeah. weird. <laughs> I can't tell anyway. anything they do, to be honest. Emperor's New Groove. It's fucking the best. Yeah. <laughs> that ripped. I, that movie taught me sarcasm at just the right age. It was great. Anyway, so yeah, I'm jealous of just like even that level of customization is like a thing that most women's clothing does not offer unless you go really like high end. And even then, I don't fucking know because I don't double in that. Hi, Remy. Um, <laughs> sorry, Remy's decided to pipe in. He's got a lot of fashion opinions. Oh. Well, okay, Remy, honestly, I bought that nice leather collar for you, and it's been less than a year, and it's already really worn the fuck out. Mm. Like, can we have things that last and that look good? No. No. Then you won't buy them, because they're going to be $35. 
this one this wasn't cheap i spent like a little too much money on this collar okay well that is less than 100 but i think it was more than 30 i think it let me let me fucking find out (laughs) remy is rubbing himself on the microphone right now he's really interested in this investigation yes tell me how much it was how much did you spend on me it was from possum couture (laughs) wow luxury leather cat collar in royal blue yes my son is a prince i spent 32 dollars on this leather collar damn and that was in that was right before higgs passed so that was late june that's a tiny ass piece of leather to be spending that on but i thought stupidly i said well it's this much money it says luxury it's gonna last yeah it's been six months, less than six months, and it's fading like crazy. Man, what that has turned me toward, which is just a particular type of consumption or whatever in this system, is... You buy the shitty ones? No, no, no. It's okay. <laughs> uh, kind of the opposite, I guess, but but it's turned me toward like reviews and stuff. Like My big thing is uh, Wirecutter and the New York Times. Or whatever. Mm, like they, yeah. They do their review things, and I'm like... I don't know. It's dumb. Like, I mean, I know that they put things through a panel and stuff and, you know, they, they presumably go through a kind of a process of this, but it's like, I'm just going to trust them, you know, and then say, oh, I made a comfort myself by saying, oh, I made a good purchase. Because, <laughs> it's, well, it's got good reviews. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah. it's like a way to kind of get extra value from whatever you're buying by mentally chalking it up to. Something might go wrong with this, but this is a good product. Like, this is... I didn't get as hosed as I could have gotten. I mean, I will say, though, like, I I feel like I read the reviews for almost everything I buy, but there's a recency bias, bias with reviews. Everyone reviews it right when they get it. This Nobody logs great. on six months later to say, hey, my cat's collar is faded as fuck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unless it's me. I have to be the Batman. <laughs> I'm not the reviewer you want. You want but I'm the reviewer they need. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. You rarely, sometimes I do see someone chime back in. It's like, oh, this is six months later. It's still good Mm -hmm. or something. But like, yeah, most of the time it's. It just came in. It looks great. (laughs) I'll check back in after, you know, a few months of use. And you're like, well. Anyway, buying things sucks and I hate it because it is just a fucking gamble. You can just brand anything as like luxury and it can still be crap. This goes for pretty much anything, makeup, clothes, whatever. The um, motto of Capitalist Free Markets is caveat emptor. Buyer beware in Latin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The communists, we want to make it seller emptor or whatever the fuck the Latin equivalent <laughs> is of seller we beware. <laughs> like if you're fucking peddling bullshit, we're coming for you. You're going to be on a tribunal pretty fucking soon. That's the thing is like, to me, that has like greatly reduced the mental math of capitalism of explaining why it's bad to people. It's just like, they're always trying to fuck you. Yeah. Their, their motto is, what can I get away with? Because they're going to do that in like probably 15% more. <laughs> yeah. And we're here sitting talking about cat collars. What happens when it's a fucking plane? You heard about this Alaskan airline thing. Oh my god! With the door open, yeah, well, I saw I saw posts of people finding phones on the ground, mm-hmm. and like this was just a guy's through, like, phone. Portland and the fucking Pacific Northwest, they they found Jesus uh, phones. This guy, some physics teacher, some found like the like the part that came out that busted the door 
uh, the would-be door thing off. So <laughs> The X door. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was telling Abby about this originally. I was like, so like a wall panel busted out. Not just, not a door? It was a wall? Well, that's the thing. Is originally, I was thinking it was just a piece of the wall. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, how flimsy are these things? Um, <laughs> yeah. And then, so I was reading today. It turns out it's not, it's like where an emergency door would be. But if the configuration of the seats in the plane is different, then they can put in a wall plug. Okay. Okay. That's what fell out. Was this like patched on fucking wall where a door would be. <laughs> Listen, if there's something called a plug on the airplane, I would like that part to stay. <laughs> Please plug <laughs> up this airplane Apparently they didn't hole. plug it all the way in, I guess. And oh, it, you my know, rips God. Off. And so, yeah, we're, we're talking about, you know, buyer beware of a cat collar. <laughs> oh, it's going to fade and your cat's going to be not as lustrous. But, yeah, a, a fucking plane. I mean, you, see, you saw the videos, right? The people are, like, yeah. sitting there, like, I would have died of a heart attack probably i literally would die i i think i would poop my pants and then die (laughs) if that opens up right in front of me i'm like Like, i don't know i'd hyperventilate or something like oh my god insanity and they're they managed to you know land you know props on them and everything they landed they everyone pretty much seems like they stay calm and seated and uh, no one gets fucking injured but that is unregulated. I mean, I think you had like spirit somebody or another, some sort of subcontracted company putting these planes together, inspected by virtually nobody like the. Yeah. I mean, didn't we? We just did this, too. There was a big bong scandal, like, what, five years ago? No, like, not even. But yeah, not even that. I don't even know time anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was much more recent than that, wasn't it? What was it? Let's let's look it up for precision. Let's look it up. We got time. Boeing. What the fuck are we doing? Scandal. March 2019. I mean, that. F- I was going to say it feels like five years ago, but That's it is literally it will be five, five years, years ago. ago. Yeah. <laughs> five years ago, they had the Lion Air accident, the Ethiopian Airlines flight. Yeah, I remember that. They? So they, they had a series of shit. Because they weren't like getting properly inspected like a Boeing and shit, right? Yeah, no, I and mean, it's it's the same thing of like cutting corners. Yeah. This is what cutting corners does. It doesn't just mean you have an eyeshadow that doesn't last more than thirty seconds. It's planes. <laughs> and it's incentivized anyway, it, it's it's like ne- not incentivized, I should say. It is necessitated to survive as a capitalist firm. Yes. Because if you don't do that, someone else will. Exactly. And we're trying to not just change that incentive structure. So a liberal will come out here. Well, we got to change the incentive structure. We got to make. We got to get more inspections. Right. And yeah. Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, okay, well, who's going to run the inspections agency? Who's going to? Who are the heads of the inspections agencies going to go work for <laughs> after they're done working for the government? Uh, there's a whole systemic thing that you've got to address. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then just in general, like still, regardless of whatever inspections regime you've got. The companies that are working for it are constant, like it's still adversarial in the sense that they're still trying to fuck over and get past these, like they're, they're still the opponents. Like in a socialist system, everybody's working for providing people's needs. So the inspections team and the production team are on the same team of trying to make sure people can fucking fly to places without falling out of the aircraft. And I think it's important to note that like, Yes, we will also try to be saving resources too, because mm-hmm. this reminds me 
I was watching the show. I had to stop watching it because it gave me so much anxiety. It was called Project Greenlight. And it's this HBO reality show where they is hosted by, not hosted, but like the guest stars or whatever, the judges were Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. And they basically would, they had this competition, they had people send in short films, and they would basically give them a bunch of money to make a feature film. Mm. The guy they ended up choosing, I was like, I knew immediately, like, oh, this is going to be a problem. <laughs> because... He's one of the kinds of artists that I can't fucking stand who is so goddamn married to his special little vision that he cannot make a compromise to save his life. And everything was, no, it has to be this. No, it has to be this. He like ends up throwing out the script they gave him and saying, can I do something else entirely? And I'm like, that wasn't your job. Like, that's not why you were hired to do this. They let him do it because they're fucking crazy. Like he wants to shoot only on film because it has to be this. It has to be this. And like, I get it. Like they're, some people are like that and you know certain kinds of powerful people usually men can get away with that <laughs> but i am a person who like finds a lot of value with working within constraints mm-hmm. and like if you can do that and still make something cool then you're a fucking genius yeah and it was just like a constant battle between him and his like producers because they're just like i need you to pick a f- fucking location like yesterday and you're over here whining that we're not finding a perfect old money east coast style mansion in mm, la yeah that doesn't exist here like, <laughs> fucking grow up so in this analogy it doesn't work great because we're we're the people saying hey we want the nice things right but it's it's within restraints though we're not saying we're not going to fucking make airplanes out of gold just because we fucking can yeah you know like but there has to be a balance between like I want this to be the safest ride possible, comfortable ride. We're not all sardined in there and still efficient enough that like, it's not a complete, you know, no one can travel by plane. (laughs) You know, it still has to be accessible enough for everyone, not in a money way, just in like a, do we have the resources way? Yeah. We're properly allocating the resources, balancing that against our social needs and the environmental needs. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess, I'm shorthanding the social into yeah yeah like it's, yeah, you know, yeah, it's, what do the workers what do the people need we need clean air to breathe but we mm-hmm. do need to tear through that air every now and again to get someplace fast <laughs> sometimes you, know? you gotta go places it's okay you know we're balancing that we're balancing we need to make a, a plane with the resources that we have efficiently mm-hmm. but safe enough to where we're not fucking Doesn't have to- Throwing our phones down (laughs) on our fellow comrades down there. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. You know, and so I. I mean, again, I don't know. We're just we're we were talking about kind of small bore purchases (laughs) in comparison to a purchase which essentially ascribes your own life to it. And you know, I mean, cars and stuff. Lots of things do that. Of like medical equipment, all that shit. This works because it's Mm -hmm. my life Uh, and. Mm Yeah, oh, geez, medical stuff, medicine itself, <laughs> medicine procedures, all of that. There's just, there's a disturbing amount of capitalism that asks you to, and then we get into food and everything else too. Oh, yeah. There's a disturbing amount of capitalism that basically asks you to, you know, this, going back to this notion of caveat emptor, of buyer beware, of mm-hmm. body beware. Of just like definitely, you, I mean, like you're at risk. You, you mentioned cars, like that is a method of transportation that is more dangerous than air travel. But we have decided to make that our primary fucking form of transportation. I think about this all the time. Like today could be the day. <laughs> like yeah. I'm just driving around is like cool. If 
even if I do everything right, could still be the day. Right. And I'm always thinking, like, why don't I change things to where I don't have to drive anymore? Like, figure something out. Mm -hmm. I'm probably going to increase my lifespan by, like, five years if I do that. Yeah. You know? It's just insane. Statistically speaking, probably what would happen. And it's just, we have shut ourselves in these horrible little consumerist boxes. Ooh, I got the consumer blues. <laughs> well, that's the main form of blues we feel here in the Imperial Heartland. <laughs> that's the true. The belly of the beast. Oh. Dude, last week I had I had surprise therapy, which is not what you want. I didn't know it was scheduled. Oh, I was <laughs> going to say, I- just mean like, <laughs> is that the same as emergency therapy? Like ball no, no, no. therapy? <laughs> that that one's also bad for different Yeah, reason. I figured like that. Well, that does sound bad. You need you know. no, no. This was we hadn't like we we changed it to monthly because I my brain is graduating. Congratulations! I need a card. Yay! <laughs> Good brain. But we hadn't like set it up for the new year yet, and so I just get an email like, "Hey, your appointment's at noon." I'm like, "Oh, okay, fuck." So I'm getting in there. I'm talking about my my shitty little life problems. Like, my job is boring and blah, blah, blah. And I, I mentioned something we talk about a lot on this show, which is, like, it feels really puerile to be discussing, you know, to be complaining about our very comfy consumerist life. And I mentioned the fact that there's a genocide going on. And she's like, yeah, I'm actually from Gaza. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> like, she's Palestinian. God damn. Yeah. And I was just like, I don't know how to continue right now. Like I literally like, I don't know, we, we had a good conversation and yeah, yeah. I, could, I sensed that maybe she was kind of doing some unburdening. Cause she was like, I, I don't know who I can talk to for my patients because like, you just don't know how people yeah. are going to respond. Uh-huh. And so she's kind of kept it under wraps, but she's like, I heard you say genocide. So I knew you were cool. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, That's good. Um, yeah. And I don't know, like she's lost like 70 family members. Yeah. And through some miracle of her inner strength and just how good she is at her job, we got it back to me. But I'm just like, how the fuck? Like, what even, what what do I follow that up with? Like, sometimes I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> you know, ugh, ugh, yeah. It was, it was a real moment of just like the fuck, man. What, what even? I saw this story, saw the story yesterday in the BBC talking about Israel's well, their their widespread genocidal campaign, obviously, we know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, in yeah. particular, one aspect of the human rights abuses that they're doing in uh, their occupation of Gaza, the Israeli state is, depending on who you're asking, either accidentally, repeatedly, or targeted on purpose, killing journalists. Yeah, uh, I would lean more in the uh, first camp of... These are just like assassinations, basically. Yeah. There's a story. I saw it in the BBC. There's probably other reporting on it. But um, they were talking about Al Jazeera's bureau chief for Gaza. Uh, His son was killed in an Israeli drone strike. I heard about this. And like, can we talk about the fact that they're precise enough to use drone strikes for specific people, but are just completely firebombing entire areas it's it's ludicrous so they're a it's like (laughs) it's not having your cake and eating it too it's like having your cake stealing someone else's cake shooting them in the head yeah it turned out to be someone else's cake you also (laughs) threw it in the trash you also ate it 
you also denied having known what cake is. Like it's just <laughs> all over the place. Like, okay, Truly. this guy, the Al Jazeera Gaza bureau chief, Wael Al Dato, his son Hamza Al Dato, uh, an Al Jazeera network journalist and cameraman, the car he was in on a road between Khan Yonis and Rafa on Sunday, hit by a drone strike killed. The IDF wants to tell you this drone strike is accurate enough to, I mean, like the reason we're, the reason they would say the reason we are doing drone strikes in this way is because of a hyper accurate way to target kinetic threats to blah, blah, blah. Cops speak for, we can kill our enemies. Great this way. Yeah. And only our enemies. Like, let me be clear. You know, this is clean. Okay. Especially for our foreign listeners. The United States has really had an... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that how the sentence ends? Uh, it should. The United States, it effectively does, but has been trained since the war on terror, and more specifically, I think the, the invasion of Iraq, has been trained to see anything our military does short of, like, boots on the ground stuff. So anytime we're lobbing missiles at people... Or doing airstrikes on people, we're the the they have done a very extensive propaganda campaign to tell us that these are surgical strikes, that these are precise. They use smart weapons. They hit who they are supposed to hit. It is relatively bloodless, and if you are hit by this, you deserve it. Yeah, the most polite war you've ever did see. Yeah. We're used to this, and, and I remember, you know, growing up in high school, watching the buildings blow up in Iraq. Like, they would show you this yeah. on Fox News, and really pretty much throughout, and you'd see it late at night or whatever, they'd have, you know, the little, it'd be all night vision stuff. Yeah, 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 like, here's where such and such terrorists are hiding. Yeah, and they'd have the little, you know, frame on there with a little crosshair, a little building, and it's like kind of oscillating a little bit with the helicopter movement, and then you'd see something come in looks like a fucking firework yeah and it just blow up and stuff and they'd be like that you know precisely killed so and so this one target that's something that we're kind of i I think the american public is quick to write off and say like that's how you're supposed to do war that's clean that's how a superpower is supposed to fight like that doesn't kill innocent people blah blah but like this is what it really actually looks like on the ground is that you're going to kill people who are trying to observe the situation. You're going to kill people who are there to report. You are going to kill refugees who are running away, especially if your barbaric society told them that you need to run away from your home that's been in your gener- your family for generations to this area, and then we're going to bomb and that And then area. we're going to blow it up. Like, Jesus Christ. You know, there's <laughs> there's so many layers to it. That's what, you know, this quote-unquote clean sort of um, warfare looks like is blowing up journalists in their cars. This guy, the bureau chief here, while Al Daudu, four other members of his family have been killed. Jesus. He's easy, easy. The bureau chief for Gaza. Like, that's not a fucking accident. On Al Jazeera. How does, how does so many, much of his family get wiped out in this? He, his um, wife, his grandchild, his 15-year-old son, Seven-year-old daughter, 
They were killed in an Israeli strike in the Nusayrat refugee camp in October. Why are you throwing... Why are you hitting a refugee camp at all? Because what is your actual goal? Is your actual goal to degrade the military capabilities of Hamas? Or is your actual goal the genocide of the Palestinian people? It is so clearly an extermination campaign. It's fucking sickening. That's why I think people have made a lot of hay about like the Harvard stuff. I don't know the story on that. Uh, she got. I got bored. She got fired because the donor said they're not going to back her. Who is she? The Harvard president. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Christine like, Gay, I think. Hey, that's me. Um, <laughs> Christine Gay. Um, Christine Gay. She went out to Congress because they dragged all of them out to Congress and said, "What the fuck? Like, why aren't you condemning Hamas more? And why aren't you cracking down on this shit?" And and wait, wait. So Harvard people—they're like their their top people—got dragged to Congress. Yeah, it wasn't for just Harvard. You had Penn, you had MIT, you had Harvard, and they pulled okay. them to to Congress because you know the House of Representatives—they're right wings, you know, right wingers, and, and so they just want to be like, look at the liberal college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, okay, uh, this okay, is okay. why your kids are coming back to you brainwashed with ideas about human rights and shit. You know, uh, lady up on on Capitol Stepanek or something. Harvard grad herself, I think. Really puts to, you know, grills them, but does this stupid little logical fallacy and things. And so basically says, okay, so like we're going to accept the definition that from the river to the sea, Palestine shall be free is a genocidal call for the extermination of Jews. So therefore, do you think that calling for the genocide of Jews is, you know, bad and you should, you know, take measures against those students? And it was this situation where you can't like, concede the one thing but so you know they end up like in a in a quagmire of like the big downfall of congressional hearings is you're not going to hear it's not a good forum for discussion because no it's not it's all (laughs) pre-scripted it's really weird it's like a fucking one act play that you just are like this sucks like who they start yelling at you if you try to discuss (laughs) any sort of answer right Mm -hmm. they're like that's not on the agenda (laughs) and uh to Tie it all back, I think, is what initially <laughs> drew me down this <laughs> side alley is the notion, the psychological notion of projection of the fear. I think a lot of times just, just kind of grandstanded fear of, you know, the the calls for Palestinian liberation. You know, the, the slogans of uh, from the river to the sea, Palestine shall be free, which we wholeheartedly stand behind. Yep. Said it before, we'll say it again. That's that's the argument that person in my DMs tried to use, calling me genocidal. And I was like, that's cute. I'm not the one doing genocide. Right. Is <laughs> to to say that that is genocidal is to say is it's exactly the same as if you are calling uh, anti-apartheid activists in South Africa saying they want black South African rule calling them genocidal it's the exact same move because the exact same projection mechanism is at play it's the exact same reason it's the reverse racism thing all over again yeah and i mean you know you can draw back even further to the 1860s when when american slave owners in the south were saying that abolitionists were calling for the mass executions and and, and the the complete you know 
beheadings, you know, red terror style of slave owners across the South by calling for abolition. Why are they saying that? Because this projection thing has a root and the root is you understand what you're doing. That's yeah, you know you're the bad guy and you're worried what people are going to do when they have the ability to fight back. Exactly. Why are yeah. people in the United States, a segment of them, deathly afraid of a society in which they, like white people, would be the minority? Like there's there are people like yeah, that who yeah. say like, oh no, we're going to be a minority majority country, you know, something like mm-hmm. that. It's like, well, why is that a bad thing? Like, look at your country. Like, are you scared? <laughs> what's wrong with your country where it's <laughs> bad to do? be a minority? Yeah. That that's the thing you guys you know turn turn around and say like okay well what makes people want to do bad shit to you if they're in charge yeah what did you do <laughs> come on <laughs> it's like when kids start fighting it's like well can take me back here uh, why did why did he hit you <laughs> walk me through what happened <laughs> to, to, to tie all this back you know slave owners had a reason to be afraid of their slaves because they had mm-hmm. abused them because they'd been inhumane to them because they'd been inhuman i think to them oh and just besmirching what it is to be a person in regards to their treatment in south africa you saw the same and you saw in the struggle there were violent episodes but i think that whenever you turn the page into south africa like being governed by a black majority being governed by the anc shoes completely basically on the other foot you see a Christ-like willingness to turn the other cheek, given the historical uh, weight of what they'd been through. That really could have been just, let's go. And I think it's super telling that South Africa is like one of the few countries that has like declared solidarity with Palestine. Like they're the ones pursuing this in like the International Court of Justice. Mm-hmm. They're the ones being like, hey, we we know what this is. <laughs> yeah. Like we, we fucking recognize what this is. This is literally what this we is apartheid. thought. Yeah. Like, yeah, we're not here for it. <laughs> and listeners, you know, go back and listen to our episode on South Africa if you have not. The parallels are striking. It's insane. It's really, it's very similar. I'm really glad we did that episode before, you know, this recent, I'm not going to say before this started because this started a long time ago. Don't let people pretend it didn't. Yeah. But before it became such a volatile and, you know, mainstream topic, I guess. Well, yeah, before, yeah, before people had to report on it because, uh, (laughs) because of how insane it is. Like, because yeah, that's the thing. This has been going on for literal generations. Yeah. I mean, you get, you get to this point and you're saying, oh, well, calling for Palestinian liberation is calling for genocide because what you're afraid that what your state did to not you as a people, we're not, I I don't want to turn this and, and libel groups of people. And say like, oh, you as a person of this ethnicity are guilty in some way. That's not what we're about at all. That's why anyone honest about this discussion is. But states have crimes on their hands. And when your state comes in and in its founding acts dispossesses an entire people. Ain't a good look. That's got to be paid for. That's got to be reconciled. You know, and that's, I think what they're afraid of is that they're not going to get the merciful treatment that people were given in South Africa. They're not, they're, they're, they're worried because of probably because of the, you know, the extent of their crimes and everything that it's going to be worse for them. And so they project and they say, Oh, you know, every little thing you say that might be resistance, it might be you 
you know, getting an avenue to power and getting, you know, a road to be able to do something about your situation. That's, that's going to lead you to therefore wipe us out because on some end, you know, they're saying that's what I would do. (laughs) Yeah. Like we kind of deserve it. (laughs) Yeah. And not like the wiping out of a people again, but like, you know, the retribution of getting our own back. Yeah. So that, that story again, just to kind of float back to that, you know, he, had multiple his family killed um he himself while al dadu was wounded his cameraman as well was wounded uh, in a separate strike while filming in gaza last month so i'm saying the guy's entire family and him not a not a coinkydink that's for fucking sure the al jazeera media network said in a statement that it strongly condemns the israeli occupation forces targeting of palestinian journalists cars the assassination of these people while they were on their way to carry out their duty in the Gaza Strip reaffirms the need to take immediate necessary legal measures against the occupation forces to ensure that there is no impunity. Basically, they're saying stop striking journalists with your military. They say the strike confirms without a doubt the Israeli forces determination to continue these brutal attacks against journalists and their families, aiming to discourage them from performing their mission violating the principles of freedom of the press and undermining the right to life. This is really telling that, I mean, the way you carry out a genocide is to, I mean, you do the thing, but you also then have to like kind of cover it up in some ways or try to, or try to find ways to get people to accept it. And that's part of the campaign is, Hey, if people aren't reporting on this as much, it becomes this fringe story. We can keep getting away with it. Yeah. I mean, and Israel can do that as a state um, and they can keep saying like, oh, hey, like, and for example, in this instance, um, I know you're accusing us of killing journalists and stuff. (laughs) Cute, but we're actually the only country in the Middle East that, you know, believes in, say, a free press. Oh, my God. I want to see like a plaque of all the shit they claim they're the only people in the Middle East to do because it's hilarious and often just completely inaccurate. <laughs> For one, uh, they, Israel just, I, I would like to see where they have enshrined in their constitution, in their you know government laws and stuff, that, that, that there is a right to the free press because uh, Israel does not have a constitution. Sorry, what? Israel doesn't have a constitution. They're one of five. They do it if countries. they do whatever the fuck they want. Yeah, they they just they, them New Zealand, San Marino, Saudi Arabia, and the UK do not have a codified written constitution. They, the UK? Yeah, the UK. They just do based off a of precedent, basically. <laughs> so they're all like Supreme Court, basically. The Supreme Court tradition. That that's all. That's all, that's it's it's I'm fucking popsicle so... sticks over there. That's insane. I just... <laughs> and New Zealand seems like they usually have their shit together. I'm surprised. Well, you know, apple and trees. They're like, work for them. <laughs> I'm not going to fucking do it. You got to do it, Jim? No. All right. Put it off till next week. But it's true. I don't know why specifically. I've only heard some discussions by thoroughly anti-Zionist and, you know, like good leftist people <laughs> saying... If they had a constitution, they would have to spell out who's an Israeli citizen, who has rights, and who doesn't. 
Oh, okay. So you don't really want to do that because it's super awkward. Because you're running an ethno state, so you have to say, uh-huh. well, <laughs> sorry, sorry. people are full citizens. You can just like do it kind of and make it, you know, put but it in But if it's laws, written down, but, yeah. then it looks worse. <laughs> Jesus. But it's, it's just such a, a cheeky fucking thing to say. It's like, you know, we're, yeah. we're the only people with free press, bitch. You don't even have a constitution. You don't have anything. <laughs> you don't have any rules, clearly. Jesus. Like, Iraq. That Ugh. place was knocked over, like, 20 years They've ago. They've got a constitution. Yeah, they have a constitution. They're corrupt as shit. They have all this other problems yeah, and stuff. Yeah, but they have no problems. Don't get me wrong. Constitu- <laughs> they at least agree enough to be like, well, this is what we say we're going to do. Yeah, they pretended. <laughs> you just had that. Come on. Uh, oh act like God. you're the shining beacon of democracy. That's pretty funny. So we're the only people with free press. You know, we're... And gay rights, don't forget, the gay rights they don't have, but they the, pretend they have. The gay rights, okay, so like, what are gay rights like in Israel? Because you would think that, like, people are just fucking, it's Stonewall. There's no or constitution. It's like one big gay club, like, because every time <laughs> anyone comes up and criticizes or whatever, then they're like, you know what, Hamas would string you up. You can't like, even be trans. Dude, yeah, I saw someone today who was like, no, I actually live in Palestine, and I'm like, very trans and everyone's pretty cool about it so like shut the fuck up (laughs) you know like but yeah you see all these fucking idf assholes with fucking pride flags in front of a bombed building like the fuck are we doing here yeah you don't even know like you have no idea if the kids you killed today would have been trans right right or anything like you you have no idea you're just killing people yeah it's ugh uh, I do have a connection between one of our earlier topics and this. Bet you didn't see this coming. Mm. Taylor Swift? Taylor Swift. <laughs> there was a Taylor Swift fan account, and a like super famous tweet of hers was, Sorry I've been gone for so long. I got put in prison. And people ask why, and she's like, Oh, I refuse to serve for the IDF. <laughs> the fan? So... Yeah, the this this Taylor Swift fan account person fucking down for the cause was just like, nah, man, I'm not gonna serve the in the idea. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah! All right, she went to prison. Good deal. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, just, I was in prison for a bit. Sorry, I didn't update my Taylor fan account. <laughs> I was in prison. <laughs> uh, that is, however, Ugh. a good cover. So right now, if you're like. If you are imprisoned for any sort of like sort of shittier reason in Israel, you do have <laughs> a cool like, I cover. I refuse to serve. <laughs> you can be like, nah, free Palestine, man. I was. Yeah, I actually didn't. I wasn't down with this shit. So <laughs> <laughs> they're like, you asshole, you didn't pay your parking tickets. Yeah, I, I shot somebody hey, in the we land. We don't even have a constitution, guys. So I didn't even know I was breaking any laws. Yeah, who's to say? Oh, <laughs> uh, I have one little thing to wrap up ah what is it i was driving around and i see an apartment complex and it's called la bohème or la bohème i don't know french fun little musical theater story you know the musical rant yeah (laughs) perfect beautiful i don't know Uh, the numbers but i know that opening song sort of yeah, you got it, you got it. So it was originally, I mean, it's based on an opera called La Bohème. Okay. Both of these stories are about asshole landlords and people who don't want to pay their rent. 
So I just think it's very funny. This apartment complex was like, hey, we're going to turn off your power and shit if you don't pay. It's like, we're real assholes <laughs> over here. We're going to like kick out all these poor, gay, starving artist tenants with like various states of HIV status. We're La Boham Apartments. What's up? <laughs> you know, just like our namesake implies. Yeah. <laughs> it really cracked me up. Like, I don't think that has the context you want it to have. <laughs> Called leaning in. <laughs> yeah, really, really, truly. Right what it is on the tin. Who's going to do anything about it? Before we go, by the time of, of release, we're like four days away from the Iowa caucuses. Oh my God, the no. Big ass presidential oh stuff. No. All right. I don't want to play. I'm a, oh, well, yeah, we're going to play. All right. I don't want to play. What's your percentages because you don't know like okay i'm asking who's like, gonna be alive i'm asking like you don't know like you dumbass you don't know <laughs> like how to me do this personally. right but like i also don't know <laughs> but you don't know how to do like over unders or anything right no i don't i don't, I don't okay. understand sports betting no, that's okay one time kyle tried to explain like a spread and like a what was it i don't even remember the other term a buy maybe oh shit i don't know about i know spreads and over unders i don't know how to calculate them. I just know literally what they mean. Mm, I don't even remember that because I'm like, I don't care. The spread is just like, <laughs> do I think this team's going to beat this team by this much? Or Yeah, fewer? but then there's another one where you can bet like exactly how much you think they'll beat them by and that's called something else. No, no, no. I don't remember. No, We're doing bullshit betting here. Alright. Yeah. What percentage chance do you think that's what we're going for? What percentage chance yeah. do you think that anybody but Trump is the Republican Ten. Ten. I don't think it's very high. I just... I don't know who the fuck else it is. Like... Is that is that your um, Trump does not die bit? Well, yeah. Because if he dies, he's just going to go to his VP, I guess. Is Pence still going to be his VP? No, I don't think so. Zero percent chance. Yeah, zero percent chance of that. So I don't know who the fuck that... He's going to pick... He's going to pick some woman as is some woman. I said that very... <laughs> Some woman. Breaking news. Christine hates women. <laughs> oh, um, he's gonna pick some woman as his VP, and so he can say like, "Look, it's a woman." And Here then, she is. Look, beautiful. Huh? Beautiful. <laughs> and then he'll, if he dies, then we'll go to this lady that we don't know. Can he calculate in the dying? Yeah, percentage? yeah, the dying percent. What's the dying percent? I think you know. How old is this fucking? Carpet bag of a man. Seventy-five. That's my guess. Seventy-five. I haven't looked it up. I'm gonna look it up. I hate having to Google him. Donald Trump. (laughs) (laughs) Who's this guy again? I forgot. (laughs) Seventy-seven. All right, close to without going over. (laughs) Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Biden's what seventy-eight or something. Not much older, but older. Oh, slow it up, Joseph Biden. Who's Joe Biden? (laughs) Keep hearing (laughs) about him. This is like someone woke up from a coma. You're it's telling like, me who that are these guys Donald I keep Trump about? and Joe Biden are running against each other. Who are he's they? 81. He's 81. He's already 81? He's already. He's an octogenarian. Fucking Christ. All right. I'm going to cry. Dude. Okay. Think about this. How long would someone have to be in a coma for before they didn't, they hadn't heard of either of these names though? Because these guys are both so old. You would have had to be in a coma for like a hundred years. <laughs> yeah. You're like... <laughs> In 1940, Who are these people I keep hearing about this this Joe Biden. Okay, so Joe Biden goes in. I think he's in like 72. I think he's a Watergate baby. Honestly, yeah. So 
Yeah, if you <laughs> go by 1960, a hippie wakes no up and idea. is like, "Who are these people?" Because yeah, Trump took off in the 70s and in, in building stuff, yeah. so and failing at things. Okay, over under on a percentage of Trump dying before before what? I mean, fucking could happen. Trump dies <laughs> at all between now and inauguration day okay and that's pretty you could get elected and then also die i don't know all that (laughs) i love that theory that's one of my favorite ones no both of the like Um, i love either way i'm bipartisan in this either one of them getting elected but dying (laughs) dying? before taking office that's so Uh, funny oh i mean they're both so fucking old i mean joe biden's disintegrating before our eyes man he is I don't remember the last time I've seen that man on video. I saw him on video because he went to speak at this church trying to get black voters to support him. Mm. He got interrupted by pro-Palestinian activists and they were like, free Palestine. It's hypocritical that you wouldn't stand up for their lives here in this place where people's lives were taken by real right-wing extremists and everything else. You know, and they dragged them out and the crowd started chanting four more years and everything. Oh, God. Yeah. Not a good vibe. No. For Trump, I'm going to say he's got a... I'm going to say a six... No, that feels like a lot. 45% chance of dying. 45? Holy shit. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to lower it. I'm going to lower it. Sounds like your reaction. That's too high. (laughs) It does sound like... Is it fucking going to... (laughs) He's getting on the plane on the way to the campaign acceptance speech. He's like... Buck, <laughs> he like flips a coin six times. <laughs> Keeps coming up heads. Damn it! This <laughs> today's the day. Okay, what about thirty-three percent? Which is a third. Okay, sure. Yeah, I mean, go with what you want. I to think go Joe with. Biden's like sixty percent. Like that man's he already will dying. Die before <laughs> he will die. I'm gonna say it. All right. he will. That's I'm calling it now. Because if I'm right, I'm gonna be so like. I told just, you. <laughs> yeah, I would be so obnoxious about it. I mean, I think they'll both live. I think oh, man. Trump is rocking like a. All right, I think Trump has one of those. You always see, man, old ass mug dies in some <laughs> locale, right? Not the oldest mm-hmm. person in the world, but like, kind of old up there, right? He's 110 mm-hmm. or something. He dies last guy in Louisiana to serve in World War II, something like that. You know, dude's always like ate chicken wings. That's true. Drank bourbon and smoked cigarette, smoked a pack a day. He like, That's very since true. Since he was 18 or something stupid. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you have the tier one, which is like the Mediterranean diet, or like <laughs> this person only ate fish and rice because like they're, you know, like whatever yeah. it is. They're Japanese. And then, yeah, <laughs> the, yeah, I mean, Japanese people, like they eat a lot of fish and rice. Like you have that level of like the blue zone, they call it. Mm-hmm. And this is like, that's when you live forever. But then, yeah, the level after that is I smoke every single day and I only drink whiskey. I do all yeah, the like, bad things. <laughs> My doctor says like something you, and I laugh at him. <laughs> it's like you like inured your body to like resist poison really early on. Like maybe they just started smoking when they were like children and they're just like, fuck, it doesn't affect me anymore. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> so my guess uh, is Trump has a sort of a sleeper build along those mm-hmm, lines. Because mm-hmm. I mean, homeboy's always scarfing down McDonald's. He really is. I couldn't like, do that as a 30-year-old person. He's so misshapen in sort of this... You know, that's body <laughs> shape. I mean, he's just... He's very round he's and just like... just a weird guy. He's just a weird he's, shape. He's got weird dimensions, but like still he manages to like do this weird... 
posturing thing. <laughs> and I'm like, ah, oh, I think it works for him. I think he's he, he'll drag a few extra years out of that. Hardy. Biden, I do think he's falling apart. He's falling apart, man. But I'm going to place my faith in funny. I think it's funnier if he yeah. drags himself across the finish line and, and then, then dies the unceremoniously. Day. Like, just, you know. <laughs> Does like a Benjamin Harrison or, or what was it? William Henry Harrison, you know, gives too long of a speech. Mm-hmm. Doesn't wear a scarf. Dies of pneumonia or Damn. Or, I bet like well. every mom back then fucking loved that that happens. They could be like, yeah. you don't want to end up like William Henry Harrison. Put on your scarf. No, I'm not William Henry Harrison. <laughs> I'm not going to give a speech. In the yeah. <laughs> All the same, put your scarf you on, You're going to catch a cold. Gonna die, and then your vice president can help take over. Little Ricky, he's not ready for the office. <laughs> Are you talking about my little brother? Uh, he's he's not. He's doesn't have the right policy issues. <laughs> he can't be the oldest. He's stupid. The other kid's <laughs> like, like, I'm right you, here. <laughs> oh uh, my gosh. Uh, yeah, I'm not ready for it. I don't want it to happen. So, what was the percentage of? Somebody else besides Trump. Somebody else besides, I think, like ten percent. Ten percent. That's so pretty. You operate at high margins. Like you, you think there are. You, <laughs> I this never is think that wrong. <laughs> yeah, these these are like um. This is fluid for you. Yeah, I mean, ask my therapist. Everything's black and white with me, baby. <laughs> it's no, a yes okay, or no so, question. Now I'm like a Calvinist in this election. Like I'm just like. No, it it's gonna have like neither Trump nor Biden are gonna die before taking office. Trump is gonna get elected as he's gonna be the Republican nominee. Mm-hmm. Zero chance. You think zero chance? I'm saying ten. zero chance of anyone else getting it. I'm saying ten. What if he dies? Then someone else is gonna get it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just don't. No, I think he'll he'll get it. I think, man, I would give it to him. 90, 95% chance he takes over Biden. Really? In the real race. Yeah. Just because, I mean, like, so how how much is running against Biden? I mean, like, how much of 2020 was just the, it was in the middle of a global pandemic and be incumbent versus not incumbent. Like, it was, oh, he's the guy. Things suck because the world's falling apart. Let's vote for the other guy. This is going to happen in reverse. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, everyone's going to be like, fuck this guy. I'm going to vote for Trump because everyone told me I was an asshole for voting for Trump last time. Look at the world we got. So I'm going to vote for him. You know, it's just. Yeah, I think so many of us are over being shamed that like. Good fucking luck. <laughs> you know, you have you have turned an entire generation against you multiple times. So like fucking yeah. eat a bag of shit. How many. Yeah. How many very reluctant Biden supporters are now radicalized to some degree or another i mean like i can tell you i'm not gonna <laughs> go punch one in for this guy yeah probably not like, whereas in the past i was sort of a admittedly and i mean you know a weakness in my earlier analysis probably and i was like yeah he's not as bad as the other guy i'll go vote for him now i think you know probably marxists and leftists should, we should be controversial take maybe but like we should probably be rooting for lower voter turnouts yeah at this point we need to just delegitimize this as a way of running things because hey clearly ain't fucking working like 
I'm just so tired of it. I'm so tired of of the guilting. I'm so tired of the bait and switch of like, oh, I promise you all this shit. And like, it's so weird to hear myself talk like this. I sound like somebody's fucking like libertarian uncle in the 90s of like, both parties are corrupt. But like, guess what? Mm-hmm. Both parties are corrupt. Like, it's over. It's over. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> it's Well, the difference there is you're arguing instead of from the position of just turn over to the businesses, basically. <laughs> Dude, just turn over to the people. Yeah, turn it over to the, you know, all power to the Soviets. Like, you know, yeah, this, it, should be, it should be up to the masses in this old form. This form that fucking slave owners said, this is going to be enough <laughs> democracy for you. But not so much that you take my slavery away. Yeah, somehow that's going to be the <laughs> epitome, the maximum expression of democracy oh. in, a, in, a, in a people's government? Probably not right <laughs> and what am i gonna do shit for for some old guy who sucks who is <laughs> in favor of genocide and has given billions of dollars to genocide and has not forgiven any student loans and like refuses to give us good health care like the list goes on and on this guy fucking eats ass not in a cool way he told people this um titan of empire i mean this guy like at the head of a, a machine which could really, you know, bathe the world in blood a few times over. He told people at this church when that protest happened and everything, he said he was doing everything he could. The man is sitting on untold billions and trillions of dollars. How much military aid he could give or withhold from the apartheid state of Israel. He said he was doing everything he could. To get them to, uh, not not to an immediate to stop, ceasefire. No. He said he said to get them to scale down, to de-escalate their operations and and lower the intensity. So he's like, could we have a little less genocide? I'm still totally fine with killing people. Do I some genocide, it. like I, I love mean, the ethnic cleansing. <laughs> like I what you it. like. Yeah, not shaming here, but. Maybe just like a little less. Yeah, just, you know, have a little bit of... Moderation, you know? Regard Everything in moderation. Taste and... Yeah, yeah. Don't... Don't, <laughs> don't, don't show yourself. your whole ass. <laughs> just show like one and three quarters of a cheek. I mean, it is like, hey, can you keep doing the slower campaign you've been doing for the past, like, what, 70 years or whatever that I was yeah. able to, like, silently support instead of, like, this nasty shit <laughs> that makes me look like I'm evil? Can you do the thing that provoked people to attack you <laughs> in the way that kicked off this whole thing? Can you can you just keep doing that without maybe uh, just workshopping this here without maybe provoking them and attacking? Like, can, you, can you just do the one thing without the whole you know chickens coming home to roost? His brother Malcolm <laughs> no consequences said, like, this time, please. Like, yeah, just 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 do the one part, please. <sighs> I mean, I'm talking on my ass here, which is a time-honored tradition on this show, but, like, this feels like I'm voting for the guy who came before Hitler. Like, <laughs> still gonna do some bad stuff, probably, and is going to lead to Hitler, but maybe maybe he's not Hitler? <laughs> <laughs> a low bar. Yeah, right? yeah. I don't know. We've we've come down different sides. And philosophically, I mean, there is still room to debate of, like, uh, maybe you can heroically do some harm reduction. You, know, you do you. I think our prescription here is probably if you don't know what you want to do probably just don't vote i would add the asshole measure of 
telling people that you're not going to vote when they ask you about I'm not going to vote. No. <laughs> just like let them let argue them freak to you out. about whatever. and then Let them just... give you a West Wing speech and then just fucking moon them and laugh and leave. <laughs> <laughs> That's our new platform. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, I, I do think that might be fertile ground for your personal relations. I know that's not a big, you know, huge political fertile ground for organizing on, on a mass scale. But, like, still, just people you're close to and care about, you know, their souls or whatever, their political well-being. It gives you an opening. To yeah. Like, yeah. Like, I'm not going to vote for a government that supports genocide. Hot take. Yeah. Like, shouldn't be a hot take, but it's a spicy one here. Closer to their own sort of feelings is you can start get them talking about, like, what has Comrade Joe done for you? Mm-hmm. Like, what has this man done to, to deserve anything? If you're not interested in, oh, you know, that's halfway around the road. Okay. Well, the fuck did he do? What about here? <laughs> Jack shit. There's not a lot. Oh, kids in cages. Well, you don't think that's happening that's now. That's right. happening right now. <laughs> Everything has continued on schedule. I will not inflict all of you with further brain rot until after we're on the other side of, you know, who won the primaries on this year. This was our preview. That's my inner poli sci, like, demons that still lurk. Can't leave the horse race. Yeah. No, I'm like, shoot all horses. What are these horses doing here? <laughs> I like horses. I'm not going to shoot them. But I think they should be set free <laughs> from the races. <laughs> um, okay, next week, it says we're talking about Congo. Is that accurate? Yeah, so we're going to do one of our episodes in the crimes of capitalism, crimes of imperialism. So many to choose from. Sort of series. Uh, and this one's going to be about the assassination of one Patrice Lumumba. Okay, the People's Court will be in session next week. We'll see who did what. Yeah, we'll invite friends of the show, the CIA, onto the program. Those guys should just live at the court for how often they're here. <laughs> it's like every trial is against them. Us again. Come on, guys. It was us last time. Uh, yeah, they pretty much had this guy axed um where's this guy from uh from the democratic republic of the congo okay he was briefly prime minister there uh, an african nationalist a pan-africanist hell yeah kind of guided them from independence from belgium into being their own country uh but of course that didn't sit well with the cold war situation yeah eisenhower and his crew and everything said what if we just like kill this guy so We'll talk about how that all went down. Okay. Next time. Sounds good. We'll talk to y'all then. Bye. Adios. Hey there, comrades. Just jumping in to remind you of all of our social media. We are on Twitter at Teach Communism, Instagram at Teach Me Communism. You can shoot us an email. That's teachmecommunism at gmail.com. Any of those places are good to send us an episode suggestion or a question anything you think would be useful feedback for us or just your admiration. If you want to admire us in a public manner, and you should, you can go to Apple Podcasts to give us a review. It is the best way to help people find the show. Love when people write and review us. Please do both. We are also on YouTube if that's how you prefer to listen to podcasts, or if you know someone that's the only way they'll listen to podcasts, send them to our page. And we have a Patreon. For five bucks a month, you get access to our notes for each week's episode, including the backlog of notes, which is a very handy resource for up-and-coming commies. 
And at the end of the year, all of the funds from Patreon will be given to local mutual aid in the DFW area. So ain't going to line our pockets. Finally, we have merch. Check us out at Tee Public. You can find shirts and I believe also stickers and magnets and all kinds of fun stuff with catchphrases from the show or episode art, stuff like that. The link to that store is in the show notes. So check that out. Okay, that's all the internet. Join us next time for another episode of Teach Me Communism, where the class struggle is always in session. Bye, y'all.